Hi Angel, welcome to the Holistic Honey Podcast. This is your safe and soulful space to plug in and explore all things mental, emotional, energetic and spiritual well-being and healing. This is a space where self-belief, your full potential and main character energy will become your norm and non-negotiable. I'm your host, Lauren Cortazzo, a holistic counselor and a women's mindset and wellness coach and educator. I specialize in helping women like you cultivate a more conscious relationship with yourself while taming that inner critic and busy mind of yours. I help you navigate change and growing pains, get unstuck, find your groove again, and break through the blocks, fears, and limits that have been holding you back. I also help you confidently bridge the gap between where you are and where you truly want to be. This podcast is for you, the deep thinker, the soul searcher, and the cycle breaker on a mission to unlearn and reconnect with what truly lights you up, to unapologetically thrive in your own lane, and to start embodying a juicy, balanced, and soul-led life that feels damn good. I am so glad you're here, sis. Let's do this. Hello gang, long time no speak. I am recording today super just random. I actually haven't planned recently to record or schedule any podcasts because I've got so much happening behind the scenes and some stuff that's really requiring my time and energy. However, I thought it would be a great disservice if I didn't hit record and talk about this topic, especially leading into the holiday period, Christmas and the new year. So the reason I felt called to record this episode is because now more than ever, I feel like it's important for it to be normalized that while there's a lot of expectations around being really fucking jolly and merry and feeling festive and fun during this time, and it is this way for a lot of people, but I also want to highlight that for a lot of people, it's actually the opposite And it can be a time that's really overwhelming, quite overstimulating. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of social events, social anxiety, and it can be a really triggering time. Now, what I want to highlight is, I guess, the longer I've been doing this kind of work and as I've been connecting with clients who experience burnout and who are massive empaths and who are really needing to prioritize the people pleasing tendencies and trying to kind of preserve their energy I'm seeing how common it is that the New Year's period isn't as fucking jolly and merry as it's often made out to be when we were younger. Myself included, I have to admit that I'm low-key the Grinch. Like, I don't love Christmas. I find it to be quite an overwhelming time in particular um, with, you know, social events and family stuff and all of that, right? So... With that said, what I want to get into today is seven nervous system and emotional regulation strategies for those that are feeling overwhelmed and overstimulated during the holiday season. So with this said, I want to, I guess, before I jump into this highlight that if you are starting to feel the overwhelm kick in and you're starting to feel anxious about the holiday season, you might notice that there's a lot of potentially unrealistic expectations around how you should be feeling. I know like on social media, there's a lot of people who are like really getting into Christmas, like the Christmas decorations, and it's a really exciting time. 
And I've even caught myself being like, shit, like I'm totally not there. Like (laughs) I don't have a Christmas decoration in sight and I kind of just feel quite neutral about it, to be honest with you. And this is okay. And even for those that are listening that fucking love Christmas and are super G'd up and they're really excited about the end of year, this is still going to be applicable because if you are listening to this, if you are either a recovering people pleaser, an empath, um, someone who can quite easily get burnt out, if there's social anxiety, this is for you. So let's jump into it. I'm so excited to have this discussion because it is something that needs to be spoken about a hell of a lot more. So let's get into the tip number one. So the first one is to set realistic expectations around what you actually have capacity for. So I've already kind of mentioned this, but it's really important to note that your capacity changes from day to day, depending on where you're at in your cycle, emotionally, circumstances, if there's stuff happening in your family, um, if there's pressures from work or in your relationship or business, there's a multitude of reasons why our capacity is going to sway and change from day to day. So during this holiday season, I want you to be really mindful to check in with yourself and honor the fact that your capacity is going to change and look different. You might have some days where you wake up and you're like, I'm fucking ready to go. I've got heaps of juice in the tank. I'm ready to go to that work Christmas party or whatever it is. And on the flip side, there's going to be other times where you're like, holy shit, I literally have nothing to give and I need to preserve my energy. So understand that you cannot please everyone at this time. So explore where you're at and set the tone for yourself. Show up for yourself and be honest with yourself around what you can actually handle and what you can take on. A lot of the blocks that I see mindset energetically, even just the self-criticism that comes through with my clients, it often relates to the really super high and unrealistic expectations we place on ourselves to be it all and to do it all. And if you've hung around here long enough, you've probably heard about my burnout story I love to talk about, you know, being a recovering people pleaser and the burnout prevention and, you know, burnout recovery. And a really big thing is to honor that even if we are worried, we're going to disappoint others to the people that love us and understand, they're never going to make us feel bad for not having capacity to do so. So tip number one, set realistic expectations around what you actually have capacity for. Tip number two, and this is a big one, and this is applicable to literally every single fucking day of your life, not just, you know, the holiday season, but it is to prioritize self-care and in particular schedule alone time. So I see this a lot, and this is something I've been trying to prioritize myself is to actually honor how important and powerful and potent alone time is, right? If you are someone that is constantly absorbing the energy of others, or you might have a really big social life and through your business or work or whatever, you're around people a lot, or or even family, you might have a really big family. It's really important to note that we need to create the time and space to actually just like release what we're carrying that's not ours and come back to our own energy, right? So schedule alone time, even if it's just like 10, 20, 30 minutes a day, even if you've got a huge day ahead, honoring that you have just you time, right? Whatever this looks like, take yourself outside, 
ground yourself in the earth, bare feet, breathe, whatever you need to do to just have that really intentional moment to yourself, free from distractions, free from your phone, and give yourself a moment to come back to your own energy and also to breathe through whatever you're currently carrying that isn't yours to carry. And what I mean by this is we might have taken on the stress from our best friend who's going through a breakup and we're really empathizing and we've been there for her, but holy shit, we're carrying it too. Or some family shit and some family stress that's brewing in the lead up to Christmas. Whatever it is, give yourself the time to schedule alone time and really ramp up that self-care during this time because it is so, so, so important. Prioritize this in order to recharge, especially before social events. So what I also want to highlight is self-care isn't just fucking face masks and bubble baths, right? And it can be. But for me, I've really, as I've continued to evolve and shift and change and get really clear on who I am, what my capacity is, how I want to be of service to others, how I want to show up for others. Part of that is being really clear, I guess, on my boundaries as well. And we're going to get to boundaries, but I want you to remember that having boundaries to protect your peace and energy is part of self-care and it's actually a non-negotiable. So getting really clear on what self-care looks like to you and remembering that it is absolutely a non-fucking negotiable. Okay. So number one, we had set realistic expectations around what you have capacity for. And number two, prioritizing self-care and scheduling alone time. Now for number three, establishing crystal clear boundaries. So I just ran a session for my beautiful Becoming Her eight-week group program last night, and it was all around baddie behavior, establishing boundaries, maintaining boundaries, setting boundaries, and balance, right? And it is probably one of my favorite topics because when it comes to burnout recovery and um, prevention, having clear boundaries, giving yourself permission to have and use them and knowing how to actually set them in a way where you're not putting things up for debate. You're not saying, is it okay if you're actually drawing a line in the sand and saying, this is what I need. This is what I expect. And what I have been saying to the ladies in this group and to a lot of my clients is your boundaries are a line in the sand that even if it doesn't make sense to others, that's okay. It needs to make sense to you and it's going to change from person to person, relationship to relationship. So some boundaries might be like super chill with some friends. And then there's some family members that might trigger the absolute fuck out of us. And we need to have a lot tighter boundaries and be a lot more firm and clear. So boundaries essentially are setting the tone for what you accept and what you expect and how you expect to be treated. And you choose that. You get to set the tone for that. So coming into the holiday season, this is honestly key. So this, like I mentioned, is an essential part of self-care and it's a non-negotiable. It protects your overall peace and energy. So this is setting the tone for how you expect to be treated and being really firm when implementing them. Now, the discussion I had last night with the ladies, and it was such a beautiful chat, what I highlighted, and I feel like this is a penny drop moment for a lot of the ladies, because we can often think, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good at setting boundaries. But then when we think about how we try and establish our boundaries, and it's easier with some people and not for others, but often it'll be like, you know, if we don't want to go to a, an event, for instance, 
say let's, I want to use an example as like, say we've got like a girl's Christmas, like your friends have got a Christmas event and they're like, let's catch up. But you've got like 500 different family events on or whatever. What I often see when we're trying to um, establish this boundary is we over explain, we over apologize, or we often sometimes feel the need to lie and make up like a white lie because we feel bad to actually be like, I don't fucking have capacity and I don't want to go because it seems really blunt, right? So what I often see is the, hey, babes, like, is it okay if like, oh my God, I feel so bad, but like, you know, like I don't want to cancel, but, 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 and it just becomes really flimsy, right? And we had the discussion last night around how when you become super solid and unapologetic with just being like, I actually can't tonight, but have a great time. Love you guys. Like there's no room to argue or be like, there's no room for debate. But the moment when you open up a, you know, boundary, I say in air quotes with, is it okay if, or, oh my God, I feel so bad, but you're instantly kind of leaking your energy and giving away your power. So I want to give you some examples of how boundaries might sound during the holiday season. Okay. So one is I'd rather not talk about that. (laughs) And I'm sure you can think of like the setting and the example of where you would be and you can place yourself in this setting of where this is going to be applicable. I'd rather not talk about that. Full stop. Could you please not comment on my body and my weight? Let's talk about something that's actually interesting. This is a huge one, right? When I actually asked, um, I asked my clients and I've been doing this over the past few months when we've been talking about the lead up to Christmas and the overwhelm and how we've been feeling. I actually asked, um, and even just people like I've been talking to on Instagram to share the most challenging things about this time of the year. And the biggest thing that was mentioned was mindless comments about weight um, intensive, like really just like insensitive, um, comments about your personal life. So dating, love life, career life choices, all of that. Um, also pressures to drink being asked when you'll settle down, small talk with no substance. Fucking hate that one feeling, um, different to your family. That's a really big one. Fear of falling off track with food and fitness, loneliness and missing loved ones or an ex-partner, being away from family and sadness due to family conflict or separation. So they were the big ones that came up, but I want to highlight in particular the mindless comments. So even the, could you not comment about my body or whatever? Let's talk about something interesting. This can also be applicable to when people are asking about your fucking dating life and personal shit. It's just like, let's just shut this down. Um, Another one is if you continue to criticize me, I'll be leaving. (laughs) or if you continue to criticize me, I'm literally sitting over there and I'm not talking to you for the rest of the day, whatever that looks like for you. And what I called, we spoke about this last night in our group chat is what I like to call an evolved boundary. Now an evolved boundary is literally no, thank you. Full stop. No further comment, no further explanation, just no, thank you. And I love this one and it takes time and practice. And we can often feel it like often what I see is people being like, oh my God, I don't want to come off as like a stone cold bitch, but sometimes it is so necessary to be like, no, thank you with a smile on your face, right? I'm not overextending. I'm not over explaining. I'm not over complicating it. That's just my boundary full stop. No, thank you. I will not be doing that. Okay. So establishing clear boundaries, I cannot place a bigger emphasis and exclamation mark on this one. Number four, 
limiting social obligations. So this is probably the biggest thing I'm seeing when it comes to the overwhelm. Coming out of the pandemic, there's been just a lot of social anxiety that a lot of people are like, holy shit, I didn't even realize that I was a socially anxious person, but coming out and with the demands of all of the events and the world getting back to how it was, shit can get really fast paced again. And I think because we had an example during the pandemic of what it could be like to slow down and what it was like to not have the expectations of social events, we've got something to compare it to. Like I look back and I'm like, holy shit, coming out of it, a lot of people are like, oh my God, I can't wait to see everyone and whatever. I started to get so stressed when the dates started to pile up of, oh, I've got an engagement and then there's a, you know, a 30th and then this and that. I was like, holy fuck, we literally came out of like a whole year of no social events and here we are just like absolutely going ham again. So when it comes to limiting social obligations, this is essentially just being really selective with social events, especially leading up to Christmas and New Year's when there's a lot, especially with family. And it's okay to skip gatherings and events that you don't have energy or capacity for. And going back to number one, considering what do I actually have capacity for? If I was to force myself to go when I'm having a full body fuck no reaction to this and I do end up going, maybe my mood's going to be really down or I'm going to kick myself for not actually having the self-trust to honor what I'm needing, right? So this is often like a people pleaser's worst nightmare of needing to not go to the thing that they definitely don't want to go to, but they're usually going to, right? So what I often say, again, I spoke about this last night in Becoming Her. Can I just say the Becoming Her sessions, holy shit, we're in week six of eight, so we're almost finished It has just been fucking fire. The group of women, there's six of them. I just, honestly, I could gush about them fucking for ages. I absolutely love them. But the really cool thing is the vulnerability, the openness, and just the connectedness through these conversations and everyone having space held for where they're at. Support and community is honestly just key. So which kind of ties into this because support during this time is a huge one. But anyway, I digress. What I wanted to highlight, and I spoke about this last night in our call, is thinking of your energy as currency. So what I mean by this is considering how your energy, if it was to be currency, is again going to change from day to day. Some days we have more and we've got more to give and maybe we're super generous with it and we're like some for you, some for you, here we go, some for you as well. But other days we have fuck all. Maybe we're in the negatives, right? And we need to preserve and save some for ourselves. So when you think of energy as currency, I want you to consider how much do I actually have to give today? And how much do I need to save in order to invest in myself? So when we start to think of energy as currency in this way, it's really important to genuinely honor where you're at. And like I said, we're going to have some days, we might be at a stage in our cycle where we're feeling super energized and social and fucking ready to go. And other times, like I know when I'm like the first few days of my period, for instance, holy shit, I have got nothing to give. Like pretend I don't even exist because I'm just like on the couch with my heat pack. Like just don't bother me. Right. I've got nothing. So honoring where you're at. So limiting social obligations is a huge one. And during this, considering what you actually have energy for and thinking of your energy as currency. So just a recap, 
Number one, setting realistic expectations. Number two, prioritizing self-care and scheduled alone time. Three, establishing clear boundaries. And number four, limiting social obligations. Number five, openly communicating and unapologetically communicating. So expressing to your loved ones how you feel and what you need. I want you to remember that people aren't mind readers. Even if we think they are, even if we are shaken by the fact that they should just know what we need, <laughs> you realize through this journey and through your own healing and, you know, becoming your own safe space and biggest supporter that you need to be clear on your own needs and wants and desires. And you need to be able to vocalize this to others. Otherwise they can't fucking guess this. So in regards to communicating openly and unapologetically and in the scope of the holiday season in particular, are you needing space? Ask for it. Are you needing some extra support during this time? Ask for it. Reach out. Are you needing an uncomfortable topic of conversation changed at the fucking family Christmas table? Ask for it. Vocalize it. Your feelings are valid and it's a normal part of being a human being. But if we want to elevate this and take it a step further so we're not running on empty and heading to burnout city and being super drained and and resentful, especially during this time, give yourself permission to communicate openly and unapologetically. And I'm a really big believer when it comes to communication We can communicate the same message in a thousand billion different ways, right? And I learned this in particular in my previous job. So when I was working for the Department of Justice, I was working with um, people with mental health issues and substance abuse issues, and there was a lot of criminal offending. And I had to sometimes deliver some really harsh or serious um, information or bad news, right? So usually this would come in the form of if they're like, corrections order had been cancelled or revoked or they needed to go back to court or potentially like even be sent back to prison. And I realized through this time that there are so many ways that we can communicate, even if it's a challenging conversation we need to have, but it's all about your tone and how you approach it. So if you're delivering some sort of boundary or expectation or news or whatever, If we come from a place of our tone being super fucking sassy or it is more of maybe like an attack, like you were doing this, you were making me feel like this, it's instantly not going to be received well. If there's any sort of anger or aggression or we're raising our voice, it's not going to be received well. And it is going to turn into something it doesn't need to be. Whereas if we're approaching it still with integrity, with respect, if we're calm yet firm and fair, um, it can be received so much more different. And I've had the most challenging conversations through my career, in my personal relationships, through family. I've had to have really challenging conversations, but when I stand true to who I am and I have it have these conversations in a way that are fair, but firm, respecting them, respecting my boundaries, it honestly just hits different and it makes it not so fucking scary because you're like, look, I can have this challenging conversation and talk about this thing that might be previously really hard to talk about, but I'm doing it in a way where we're adults and it doesn't need to become something it's not. So that is my message to you around communicating openly, clearly, unapologetically. We need to express 
what we need and we need to express where we're at because people are not mind readers. But during this time, being really mindful to take deep breaths, especially if there are some challenging conversations, especially if there's some challenging, I guess, boundaries that we need to set, remembering it's all about how we deliver it and tone. And this isn't to say we need to be a massive chameleon and downplay shit or keep ourselves quiet or bite our tongue. Absolutely not. But it's being mindful how we approach the conversation. Think back to like a challenging conversation you've had and it's gone so much better than you thought. And usually um, what would have happened is you would have approached it with just even like heaps of honesty, right? I had a client the other day that was talking about, um, you know, setting a boundary and how well it was received because she's like, it was the first time instead of being super flaky and inflexible or like making up shit, she literally just said, hey, I can't, I don't have capacity you know, but thanks for understanding or whatever it was. Um, and it was received so beautifully because it was like, oh, thanks for letting me know. Thank you for being truthful. Right. So think about, I guess, on the flip side, being on the receiving end of someone who is being flaky, flimsy, not honest, or even just not clear, like just spit it out. Tell us what you're really feeling. Right. So when it comes to communicating openly and unapologetically, this is a massive key, especially during the holiday season. Number six, do more things that you love and create simple traditions that feel good. So like I said, there's a lot of unrealistic expectations about how we should feel during the holiday season and maybe even like old traditions or family traditions that we feel obligated to uphold. And what I want to highlight is it's so important to create your own little rituals and traditions and being able to romanticize this for yourself. And you get to choose at any point what feels good and what doesn't, what stays and what goes. So starting to think what brings me safety, comfort and happiness? How can I start to prioritize more of this? And this is also balancing out the events um, that may feel like an obligation as well. So this really coincides with prioritizing and scheduling alone time as well. So ramping up the self-care, laughing more, being silly, watching nostalgic movies, Maybe even eating your favorite food guilt-free, hugging the ones you love, catching up with the people you actually want to catch up with because you know it just feels light and nice and it doesn't feel like an obligation. Go easy on yourself. So doing more of the things that you love are also going to help balance out when we do naturally sometimes have to go to things that do feel a bit more like an obligation. We're able to balance the ledger a little bit, right? So number six, do more of the things you love and things that are going to help you just come back to that neutral, calm state where there's safety, there's comfort, there's contentment. If we think about, I guess, our nervous system and how we respond to certain things that trigger us, if we're constantly operating from a heightened state where we're feeling anxious, overstimulated and overwhelmed, which is again why I'm recording this because we often feel this way during the holiday season, If we think about our nervous system operating from this, like we need to be able to get back to baseline or to actually ease ourselves and soothe ourselves. So we're not constantly at this heightened state where if there is a comment that's made at the dinner table or there's a difficult conversation that needs to be had, we're not just like completely losing it and flipping out or feeling even more overwhelmed, right? 
when we're able to actually soothe ourselves and regulate our nervous systems before we go into events like this, we're going to be able to approach things a lot more level headed as well. And from that neutral state and lucky last number seven, mindfulness and somatic releases. This is a huge one. So I spoke about this in one of my episodes around how I've been loving doing morning stretches and hip opening exercises. So we store so much trauma and stress and a lot of heavy stagnant energy in our hips, especially as women. So what I have been doing is prioritizing hip opening exercises and certain movements and stretches that are super light and easy, but really, really nourishing to just help me kind of feel more ease and calm and relaxed within my body. So remembering that heavy and uncomfortable emotions live and are stored in our body. So take some time to bounce up and down, shake out your hands, move your body in ways that actually feel good in order to release any discomfort in the body or even any stagnant energy that's been living there for a while. So we, I feel like as humans seriously underestimate how much just moving and shaking and dancing, even if we feel silly, even if like whatever, right? Do it when no one's there, do it when you're in the shower, I don't care. But shaking off that stagnant energy is the most beautiful way to release any unwanted stagnant energy. There are so many different somatic releases, and I encourage you to even just like Google um, simple somatic releases. And it could be things as simple as like stopping breathing and like unclenching your jaw, rolling back your shoulders, doing the butterfly hug, which is when you literally like hug yourself and just like rub your own arms up and down. It's a real beautiful self-soothing practice, but any sort of mindfulness, self-soothing and somatic releases to shake off the overwhelm, the overstimulation and the stagnant energy we might be feeling is so fucking important. So even if this is putting together a playlist with songs that make you just want to shake and move and dance, amazing. Um, but really giving yourself permission, especially when we're living more in our head and we notice that our head is a bit chaotic, we're overthinking, we're feeling overwhelmed. This is a really telling sign that it's time to drop from our head into our body. So somatic releases and any sort of mindfulness practices are such a beautiful way to do this. So just a recap, ladies, we've got set realistic expectations, prioritize self-care and schedule alone time establish clear boundaries. Number four is limit social obligations. Five, communicate openly and unapologetically. Number six, do more things you love and create simple traditions that feel good. And lastly, number seven, mindfulness and somatic releases to shake it off. I hope this has been helpful. I absolutely love talking about this and I know this is going to land and be really relatable for a lot of you. I would love to hear how this lands for you, what you're interested to try and lean into and what really stood out for you. So I'm wishing you guys the most beautiful holiday season. Really, if you can just try and surrender and rest and enjoy some downtime as much as possible. Usually during this time, I was talking to my business coach about this actually the other day. I found that previously each year when I know I need to ramp down, I'm putting pressure on myself to ramp up and stay busy. So this year I'm really honoring, I guess, more of a slow paced 
um, month of December, which I'm so excited for. So I'm wishing you guys the most beautiful holiday season. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas if you celebrate. And I can't wait to hear how you find this episode. I hope it was was helpful. Anyway, until next time, much love and be well.